Hey, patrons, welcome to your bonus podcast. Navo Zissin is joining me again today. Hello, Navo. Hello. I always, uh, 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 is it transparency? I'm like, we, this isn't another day. We just talked. We just did the yeah, other conversation. Yeah, but I feel cheery. I yeah. feel like we're fresh. We're ready. Yeah, it's all brand new. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about this thing I, you mentioned, and I'm very curious about, you, you said you like to make tiny things. Yes, I Can, love tiny things. Yeah, tell me about that. Okay, so uh, I, d I can't explain it, and people don't understand it, really. Someone once uh, said, said to me that I was very intimidating, and my housemate was like, what are they intimidated by? Is it the tiny cakes that you make? <laughs> I make things out of polymer clay. I make, like, little rainbow cakes or little, um, yeah, tiny things. I just love tiny things. I'm building a tiny house at the moment from a, like, DIY kit that I bought that has all the pieces and just very tiny little worlds. I just love them. They make me so happy. They remind me of when I was a child and my brother used to tell me that they were fairies in the garden, which I absolutely believe there are still. Um, and so I used to make them like little boats out of uh, twigs and, and leaves or little vehicles for them to use. And it just brought me so much joy. And I think like doing as much activism stuff as I was doing and I was just getting quite burnt out and I wasn't spending a lot of time on myself or doing anything slow or creative or mindful that wasn't profitable. Like I feel like my writing used to be my outlet and then that became my job um, and my speaking or whatever, you know, which I really love. I do love what I do, but you have to have a hobby that isn't profitable at some point in your life. I'm a Capricorn. So I'm like, how do I make everything profitable, which is gross. Um, so this was something that was like, I'm just going to do this for me and for my own joy. And I just love it. It's so silly. And I find it um, really helpful with my perfectionism because when something is tiny, it's just so cute. It doesn't really matter if it's like a little bit botched because it's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me like start to when I'm really doing it a lot it makes me start to see the world through tiny eyes like I start to imagine what it would be like to kind of walk through walk on moss or something if I was really little or like walk under a mushroom or you know when I find like bits of material I'm often like well what could I make this into um, and that's really cute it's a nice way of looking at the world sometimes there's this really magical quality to, I think you may have even said this, um, to, to that perspective and to the fairies in the garden. Um, and I can't remember, there was something else you said in the main interview that kind of is perking up my like magic ears. Mm. Is there something there? Is there like a, a spiritual side to you that, that is involved here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think that, um, I think the world is really magic. <laughs> I really do. I think that uh, nature is so beautiful and connecting with nature and understanding them. I mean, when you learn anything about the natural world, you can't deny that magic exists. I mean, it's unbelievable. It boggles the mind. There are so many things that science cannot explain, especially Western science. I mean, if we look to indigenous knowledge and we look to some of the knowledge keepers and the storytellers that have been here for all of time, they, they have many more answers to these beautiful magical things than our very limited Western and science does. But I think, you know, Dr. Robin Wall Kimmerer is someone who has really 
brought me into that world a lot more than I used to be um, in the ways that she speaks about plant knowledge and indigenous knowledge and ancestral healing through plants. And um, I think that is something that has really grounded me and connected me. Um, but I think I've always been quite a spiritual person. I think that that is really inherent um, to who I am and, and uh, regenerates and recharges me. Also because I really feel like the work that I do is my life's purpose. I think that that is part of the reason why I'm here, you know, whether people believe that or not. I think that is something that drives me and, and, um, and helps me in that. Mm-hmm. There was, there was something, I, I, I also work with kids. We didn't talk much about that. Mm. I teach music to preschoolers and up. I teach piano. Oh, and amazing. I taught at a Montessori school for many years when I still lived in Texas. And there yeah. was something from that philosophy that I love so much that Maria Montessori believed that each each person has a, what she called a cosmic task. Mm. And, and a teacher's job, a Montessori teacher's job is to help children discover their cosmic task. So with wow. part of the philosophy was to to provide a lot of general information about many different topics and notice what the child is drawn to and help them mm-hmm. discover more about it. Um, but that that brought me back to that and and you're you know you're an educator, you're a magical person and uh, it's it's all those things come together in that kind of concept for me. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. And I think obviously, you know, I don't have to explain it to you as someone who has worked with kids. I think interacting with kids, you can see the magic in the world. You can see the curiosity and the imagination. And I think young people are like such an exciting space to be in, you know, and and so much of the work that I do, I approach with the sort of framework of how would I explain this to a child? Um, Not because I think that children are to be patronized or condescended to or can't um, conceptualize really big ideas, but rather because I don't think that things need to be convoluted. I don't, I think that I mean, you know, academia has a lot of amazing things to offer the world, but I also think it has a lot of entitled elitist people who explain pretty easy things in very convoluted ways. And I much prefer to explain very complicated things in really easy and digestible language. I don't need to sound particularly smart. I need people to understand the world and and have that curiosity and ask those questions because curiosity gets so programmed out of us. You know, so I think working with kids really shows me the magic in the world and makes me a better person and an educator for other people. And, and, you know, also I think it's really nice to be a queer person who loves kids because I, I don't love that sort of anti-kid sentiment that exists in some queer spaces. I don't think it's cool and I don't think it's trendy. Yeah. Uh I could talk to you for hours. This has been really great. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, totally. I agree. Yeah, I'm so happy to talk to you. And um, well, yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much, really.